Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week, we're reading Hick Lawyer by Corey Burns. Fun fact, Hick Lawyer was the original title of To Kill a Mockingbird. Austin Hanna. Hi, I'm Ganesh Sarma. It's me, Shane. And this week we're reading a book called Hick Lawyer. Hick Lawyer. One more time. Hick Lawyer. Hick Lawyer. By Corey Burns. Corey. Uh, Hick, now that, Hick fucking Lawyer. Come on. That's like one of the best names of a book we've ever read. Well, it's Matlock. It, what? Matlock is the oh. Hick Lawyer. I never saw Matlock. Yeah. Matlock to me was like the green light to change a channel. How could you not see Matlock? It was on I've every day. It was in the same category as Murder, She Wrote of uh, boring old people, which I just immediately turned off. I think I'd rather boring. watch nothing than watch Matlock. That's what I did, too. As a kid, I would turn it off and I'd play with my dominoes or Legos. You know, normal kid stuff. <laughs> the old days. When uh, I built things out of dominoes on my floor. Y'all yeah. ever have an erector set? I didn't know what you were going to say there. Yeah. Lincoln Logs. Sure. Connects. Yeah. Y'all ever fuck with the Connects? I fucked with a Connect. Ganesh, how about you read us a synopsis of this book, Hick Lawyer? But wait, I got to ask you, I mean, we're as a lawyer. Yeah. Not as a Hick. Okay? I am at the mercy of the um, court. <laughs> overruled. Uh, what do we do on this podcast? All right. On this podcast... Amazon Book Club, we read a free ebook from Amazon Prime. Uh, we read the first page, the 25% mark, the 50% mark, the 75% mark, and the last page of the book, which is barely any of the book. And then we end the podcast and say goodbye. Ganesh, can you remind yourself to throw in like a really fun gavel sound right now? Because you just did a bang up job. Buddy. Oh, man, <laughs> I, I've been yearning for praise. Now, Ganesh. Nothing like the gavel to be praised. I, it's just like my father used to bang. Ganesh, why don't you read us the synopsis of uh, Hick Lawyer, please? Dexter Smith muddled his way through college and law school. I don't peg Dexter Smith as a Hick. There's way Hickier names you could go with. Like Shane Burklow, <laughs> for one. Huh. Austin Hanna, too. Ganesh Sarma not on the list. On a different list. Now he has found a small Nebraska town to hide out in while he muddles his way through life doing simple court-appointed cases. Simple stuff. Simple stuff. Try, you, getting you, tried for adultery. Yeah, you lob him up, I uh, knock him out of the park. Then, go to jail. Donald Birch is charged with three counts of first-degree murder. Dr. Donald Birch. And when the other lawyers in the county are conflicted out of representing Donald for various reasons, Dexter is appointed to the case. Will Dexter step up and be the kind of lawyer he used to dream of being? Or is he just a half-assed hick lawyer in, <laughs> in way he? over his head? Lord. Whoa. That is shameful. They could have just said lawyer, half-assed yeah. lawyer. Yeah, this book better be written by a hick or else I'm going to be pretty peeved. The hicks are going to be. Speaking as a hick. Knocking on your door. I'm it's, offended. It's written by a gentleman from Arkansas. Oh, then, yeah. Hey. Okay. That's how you know it's, it's real. Ganesh, before we jump into the book, I think we got a voicemail this week. Is that right? We did. Okay. Should we take a little listen to it? Yeah, it, let's do it. You know, it's funny. You guys have been plugging that number for weeks. Nobody calls. And no one calls. Nobody calls. Because we're going to listen. I folks. still haven't heard from my friend who uh, thought that we were uh, Panda Express. Waiting on a follow-up from him. Oh, you mean Ron Wood? Ron, Ron Wood. Wood. Ron Wood. Hey, Ron. Give us a call back if you hear this. We'd love to hear from you again. Anyway, we got a new voicemail from an, an unnamed caller, I believe. Right? Well, let's take a listen. Anonymous. Hey guys, uh, just listening to the episode with Cade and all the talk about ahi tuna and tuna melts makes me think you guys should do a review on uh, some recipes and read through those because Ganesh always has some pretty hot takes on the food. So you should check that out. Thanks. Bye. I do have some pretty hot takes on food sometimes. I stand by that tuna melt thing too, by the way. Yeah. It doesn't smell... And we uh, uh, we had a poll, and the crowd spoke and said it does smell. Yeah, like 
four people and they're wrong. No, it was like 15 people. And also, I just want to say all that talk about Ahi Tuna is a new podcast coming out on the Original Kings of Content Podcast Network. And what's the podcast called, Austin? It's kind of just told you. It was called All This Talk About Ahi Tuna. <laughs> and what we're going to do every week, we're talking tuna. It's as simple as that, folks. Tune in. Where are we going to record that? Like probably up, Upper West Side? Yeah, we should. Definitely. Can you believe it? No. Uh, okay. Well, hot takes. Uh, I know I've known Ganesh for so long. I know he has terrible uh, opinions about food. He eats garbage. Um, I like just ate a big tub of Taco Bell. I, when I say garbage, I mean out of the trash can. I've seen him. Yeah. Clean a wing. That was someone else's. Oh, speaking of wings, here's one. Boneless wings aren't wings. They're not wings. They're chicken tenders. This is the that just have sauce on. This is the coldest of take. Yeah, that's fine. Who has no, a okay, here's another one. nobody? There's, there's no, no place no. on this earth for chicken nuggets. Uh, you're still like just warm. I'm waiting for a hot take. Uh, Taco Bell is better than Chipotle. That's um, just mild. Mayonnaise is okay to eat out of the jar. Well, that's uh, rough. What okay. do you guys think of those Hidden Valley Ranch commercials with people are like drinking it out of a straw now? Yeah. You ever been to uh, Hick Lawyer's uh, <laughs> neck of the woods? What do you think they drink? It's their, uh, the shake they drink when they wake up. I'm, all I'm saying is that that marketing campaign is dangerous. It is. You should actually be drinking blue cheese. <laughs> so, Ganesh, your take. Chunks get caught in this straw that's the best part your your takes right now are lukewarm but i know you got some hot stuff in you so we'll see i guess throughout but do you have hot takes austin um you're pretty tame my takes are cool yeah like me i like a (laughs) sensible sandwich on rye bread i think that's about as normal as it gets what's your protein oh you don't want to know okay pastrami pastrami yeah Yeah, that's a good safe little mustard maybe a little sauerkraut on there why not what's a have you guys eaten some Swiss? Have you had any food that is embarrassing um, recently? Yeah, we just ate Taco Bell. I'm not embarrassed of that. I'm proud of that. You would be. Yeah, I'm actually embarrassed that you keep mentioning it. Yeah, please stop. Um, I recently went to Wendy's and I got a burger and I said extra mayo, but the lady didn't respond. So I said, she thought there's no way. Excuse me. Extra mayo. Because I wanted to clarify to make sure that there was enough mayo on the burger. And she was like, yeah, I heard you. It w- came loaded with too much mayo almost. Oh, man. You know, uh, and it was great. I used to order extra mayo at Burger King, which is already working on another level of mayonnaise. <laughs> like, they give you so much more mayonnaise than you need by default. I would say a normal person should go to Burger King and say less mayonnaise. But I ordered more, and that shit, it was, I, it was on my hands. It it's was over. Thick. It was overflowing. This is disgusting. I'm embarrassed by this. <laughs> you know what? You got me. You got me. You got to the core of me. I feel disgusted with myself. Let's read the first page of Hick Lawyer. Give him the gavel again. Boom. This is spirits. Take me away. Okay. Hey, here we go. First page of Hick Lawyer. Chapter one. Yep. Of Hick Lawyer. Still hicking. No, that'd be chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Chapter one is, let's get hicky with it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that really tickled, huh? For all his 27 years on the bench, Judge Daniel Ostergaard had spoken to every criminal defendant who came before him with calm and respect. But Jeremy Wilson was wearing the judge thin. Jeremy you saying Jeremy? Jeremy? What's the proper pronunciation of that name? Jeremy? Jeremy. 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 Jeremy, is that you? Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy, get down from that tree. Jeremy. 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 My name's Jeremy. I'm a little fucking rat. But Jeremy. Jeremy. Get Jeremy. He's running. But Jeremy Wilson. Galant? What? It's gallant. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? You're animals. But Jeremy Wilson was wearing the judge thin. Jeremy. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Jeremy was in his mid-twenties with the best years of his life already in his rearview mirror uh, and fading fast. Shit, I feel bad now. Um, is that no, right? 30 is great. Yeah, 30 is the new 29. <laughs> Jeremy had been a high school football hero, enjoying everything that came with that status in a small town. I gotta say right off the bat, having a shitty experience in high school sets you up well later in life because there's only going up. If you're the football star, you're never going to be the adult football star. 
unless no. you're like one of 30 guys on earth. But if you start off as a creepy, acne-ridden disaster, then you can graduate to mildly successful acne Or sometimes disaster. you just stay that creepy, acne-ridden disaster. I don't know anybody like that. It's a fine line. I think you towed out of it well. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm doing okay. I record a podcast every week for no money with my friends because I hate my job. <laughs> I'm doing good. Give Enjoy. him the gavel again. He oh, needs it. Please, honestly, take me to jail. <laughs> Free meals, nothing to do. That's like my weekend. You give me that Nintendo Switch and I'm set. Wait, you eat for free on the weekend? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why jail's better. Where's your, what's your secret? That's, I, I steal. I don't eat. <laughs> take me away. Teachers found reasons to give him extra credit when grades were getting too low for him to play. Cops tended to look the other way when it came to speeding or alcohol possession. Yeah, that's right. You drink up, bud. Throw that touchdown. And he laid every girl in his class who would ah, put out. Excuse me. And at least one student teacher. <laughs> uh, Majorly uh, fucked up, but okay. Yeah. Then Jeremy went to a small state college on a football scholarship, partied, blew out a knee, partied some more, and flunked out at that's, the end of his first year. That's quite a party. Blown out your knee? That's a rager. He came home, took a construction job. I kicked that nerd so hard, <laughs> my knee popped off. But went, I don't regret it. It went backwards like a gazelle. That's right. <laughs> now I got gazelle leg. And it's very graceful. It's beautiful. Kept on partying and a year later caught his first meth charge. Oh, all right. This is sad. A year after that came the burglary charge and a long-term probation that he had now violated for the third time. Well, you got to keep up the habit. Jug Ostergaard spoke to Jeremy in a paternalistic <laughs> tone. You said a jug. <laughs> jug? They got they got <laughs> they got good. old man Jug on the stand these days. That's what they call him down there. Jug, call in the hick lawyer. Hey Jeremy, get in here. Does this impress you, Jug? Yes, Your Honor. You showed great <laughs> promise once, Mr. Wilson. You were looked up to in high school. Your parents loved you very much and have always supported you. The judge stopped to look over his glasses around the empty gallery of the court. <laughs> That's the best judge move. He pulled down the glasses just to get a blurry look at him. <laughs> I know you're out there. I smell the fear. Let me take a look at you with my real eyes. And then down to Jeremy. Today is the first time I can recall that they have not been to court with you. But I know that your father has been sick lately. I hope he's doing better. The judge paused now and raised his eyebrows. Small town, huh? Yeah, sick. Sick and tired of waiting for his son to grow up. Uh, I, see, I wrote this book. It's, oh, I didn't know your pen name. I hope you will do better, Mr. Wilson. The judge let out a thoughtful sigh before continuing. I'm going to put you back on probation one last time. <laughs> oh, so he's not that mad. Yeah, no punishment? All right. And that probation will run for two more years. I want you to make a fresh start of things, Mr. Wilson. Jeremy stared down at the table in front of him with his hands in his pockets and nodded his head at everything the judge had to say, as though he were actually listening. He's learned his lesson, it sounds like. <laughs> You've been pretty good in the past about paying your restitution. You don't have much left. I want you to get that paid off in the next 12 months. The judge paused again, looking over his glasses at Jeremy, trying to make an impression. This truly is your last chance, Mr. Wilson. The county attorney, Mr. Peterson, wanted me to send you to the penitentiary today. Don't make me regret not doing that. Huh, whatever you say, Jug. Huh, I'm gonna blow out my other knee. I'm gonna be a full-on gazelle, you freak. Jeremy just kept nodding. He's still a good-looking kid. Oh, Jug said this? But he had a hardness to his looks that came later in life for most folks. You're good-looking, son, so I'm setting you free. His clothes were presentable, but old. The cuffs of his khakis were frayed, and they puddled a little bit over scuffed tennis shoes. Oh, We gotta get you some new slacks, boy. Yeah. Got a fresh pair of khakis for you. We've got a Dockers around the corner. When's the last time you wore a pair of khakis? Um, <laughs> recently. I don't even own a pair. I'm shocked. Okay, not shocked by that. That's great. Shane, tell us about the last time you wore khakis. Well, I bought a new pair of khakis. When? I'm like you uh, bought khakis this decade? Yeah, I did. This year? Uh, yeah. You bought 2019 khakis? No, 2018. Khakis. Okay, vintage. Well, you know, I got them because they're like leisure pants you, so you're telling me you wear khakis around the house <laughs> <laughs> when you wake up in the morning you think it's time to relax i, don't I, know I slap on my khakis they okay they're not really khakis they're just khaki colored joggers oh way different yeah i feel different. so much better about but this. i thought you were putting on i would boxy khakis. i would wear them like khakis 
Like with a shirt, like a dress shirt. You that's also what you wear at home? Joggers and a dress shirt, huh? No, for leisure, like around the neighborhood. What yeah. is leisure? What is what it's is like, leisure? It's like athleisure, but instead of athletic, it's a middle aged man. <laughs> Sad leisure. You can cook in it. <laughs> So I really like those joggers because they're good on, like, if you're traveling, because okay. they're like sweatpants, basically. No. Right. And then, The joggers uh, are fine. I just They only want... had the color khaki, so I got it. Color khaki is fine. I didn't, I meant real khakis. Oh, no, I do not have that. Good. I'm sorry to the our khaki listeners. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have it. I, and I won't buy it unless no. it's a jogger. No, and I, yeah, I'm going to print out that out there right now. We will take no khaki ad dollars. That is a pledge. No khakis. Not for me. Not in my house. Not in God's house. Not in Jug's house. The faded polo shirt, starting to wear around the collar, was tucked into an unbelted waistline. Ooh. Gotta wear a belt. <laughs> Is that what Jug said? It's just me musing. Son. <laughs> oh, it's just me musing. <laughs> Sorry. Another, I've never uh, heard you muse before. <laughs> another upcoming podcast. Just me musing. Ganesha's got a lot of free time. And I got a lot to say. And no one to say it to. Tune in. That was accentuated by the early bloom of a gut that looked out of place on his otherwise lean body. That's a really wonderful way to describe carrying some extra weight. That's how my doctor says it. I'm just blooming a gut. <laughs> I'm in full bloom right now. Have you ever had a doctor just try to tell you you're fat? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't need a doctor to tell me that. When I go to the doctor, it's for something much worse than that. I don't just go and say, hey, how's my weight? <laughs> Am I full bloom yet? Am I <laughs> No, you're butt. You're still a little bud. Ooh. One time when I was in high school, I went to the doctor for a physical. And afterward, the doctor called my dad in to get the result. <laughs> and and then she, she goes, Sir, she goes, she said, you're fat. And I was like, yeah, I know. What? Yeah, fat people know they're fat. You don't need to tell them that. And she's like, well, you need to do something about it. So I didn't. But you're doing OK. I'm doing good. You look good. Yeah, thanks. Now you're just a uh, husky. I think your cat's eating my chalupa. Hold on. <laughs> Hot take. Is Austin still going to eat it? Uh, I would. Now it's right here. <laughs> I have a chalupa in front of me now. Think about that for the rest of the episode. Jeremy's court-appointed lawyer. I'm in full bloom. Dexter Smith hunched over the defense table, furiously scribbling the terms of the probation the judge was reciting. In contrast to his client, Dexter was not lean. He was approaching middle age. He was above average in height. Okay. And pudgy. All right. He wore a cheap hop sack blazer of polyester blend, and every time he bent down, the tail of the coat rose up enough to reveal that his khakis were Dickie's work pants. Oh! Oh, embarrassing in the courtroom. Please. No Dickie's in the courtroom. Please. It's a Dockers courtroom. It's right around the corner. Come on. Dexter glanced over at Wilbur Peterson quickly a time or two, seeing that the county attorney was furious that Jeremy Wilson was not going to prison. Dexter knew how to get under Wilbur's skin. He did that sometimes just for fun. He also knew when to avoid getting under Wilbur's skin, and this was one of those times. So he just avoided eye contact with Wilbur. I'm confused by all the words I just heard. So he knows how to get under Wilbur's skin, but at this time he does not feel like he needs to get under Wilbur's skin. But he's got that in his back pocket. If I need to get under his skin, I can do it. Yeah, he has a fillet knife. Jeremy had done well his first couple years on probation. Then the violations started, each a little worse than the last. And every time, Dexter got reappointed to Jeremy's case. This last time, Dexter got the bond reduced so Jeremy could get out and get an updated chemical abuse evaluation. Now, Dexter is the Hick lawyer, am I correct? Correct. Just a good old-fashioned Hick and his Dockers. (laughs) I'm sorry, not his Dockers. They're Dickies, my friend. Yes. Or Rickies, as they call them out west. The last time Dexter got the bond reduced so Jeremy could get out and get an updated chemical abuse evaluation. The evaluation recommended inpatient treatment, which Jeremy walked out of after three days. So he went home, went back to roofing, and saw his local counselor twice a week waiting to get sentenced. The last update from his counselor before sentencing showed progress to be slow but positive, active state of change, motivation is external. That meant that Jeremy knew he had a problem and was working on it, but only hard enough to stay out of prison. It was just enough. I hope Jeremy or Jeremy it's cleans Jeremy. up his act. Yeah, I hope he gets his uh, life together. That's here. a tough thing to be saddled and with. You know who I think is up to the task? Is Hick Lawyer. Old Dexter. Old Dexter the Hick. I think uh, he can do it. I think he can get into Jeremy one way or another. He's going to get under his skin. He's got a fillet knife. Now, let's jump ahead to the 25% mark of Hick Lawyer. <laughs> Thank you.
let's read the 25% mark. Of Hick Lawyer. Ganesh, please. Chapter 6. Ooh. The next few weeks Ooh. were pretty uneventful in the life and law practice of Dexter Smith. Okay. All right. Okay. Sounds like life. Let's jump ahead now. To the 50% <laughs> mark. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He wasn't getting many cases and didn't know if it was due to a downtick in crime or if Judge Anderson was just reducing Dexter's number of appointments due to the murder case. Probably that. Ooh, definitely that. It's now, murder. That's the big one. I'm Moida. Do you, what did, is Jeremy the murderer? 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 Is Jeremy, is Jeremy the murderer? Do you think? I'd say. Let, I, hope, I hope not. Let I don't the think jury so. decide. <laughs> you know, yeah. Shane's got it right. This We need a, a jury of his peers to determine this. My mistake. Yeah. And Jug let's, better respect what they decide. Let's not rush to Jugman. Dexter still hadn't looked at the autopsy reports. He hadn't looked at the police reports since the day of the preliminary hearing. Great lawyer. And he hadn't heard from his clients. <laughs> the week remained slow until Thursday when the phone rang. It was Don Birch's wife. Well, does Don know about this? What's her name? Donna. Or Don with a W. Ooh. The district. Ooh. Yeah. The district. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Two Dons. Two Dons make a right. Double Don in it. To the district court arraignment was coming up, so she made an appointment for her husband the next afternoon. Dexter thought this was a perfect way to end the week. He would meet with Don, find out when he would be dying, then close the office early and start the week. What does that mean? Find T- out when uh, he would be dying. Maybe he's tie dying. dying. Oh, he's tie dying. Okay. Yeah. He's okay. like in the hospital. You know, he knows when he's going to die. Who? Oh, Her husband? Don? That's dark. Oh. I like if that they just have like a bi monthly tie dye sesh oh. where they go and do their um, yeah, you know, at the, at court the, clothes. At the hospital where he's sick and dying. Don Birch looked much more like his old self as he walked into Dexter's office the next afternoon. I'm still dying. He wore his trademark gingham work shirt and rustlers with western belt and pointy-toed boots. Ooh, this guy ain't giving up easy. Are those the Rickies? (laughs) His wife was a thin, stern woman in a double-knit pantsuit and had one of those tall hairdos like Marge had on The Simpsons. Those aren't real. That is the strangest hairdo. The beehive. Is that what Marge's is meant to be? I think so. I guess, right? But it's also kind of like curly, like an afro almost. It's curly and it also, there's so many scenes where she has it down. Oh yeah, true. So does she do, does she perm it? I, I think, think it's, it's gotta perm. be a perm. Or yeah. or is it the other way around? It's naturally curly and she straightens it. When because it's Patty and Selma have perms. Oh. Is that right? So March must have a perm. Now Lisa's hair is just her head. What's up with that? And Bart's too. It's, it's uh, confusing. It's, I, don't, I don't care for it. The Simpsons, I mean. And baby Maggie? Oh, that's their head, too. Yeah. But Homer has hair. A few. So that's um, our new podcast where we just talk about the Simpsons family and just uh, their appearance. Just their appearance. Yeah. Did you know Homer also wears a shirt? I've heard. But Bart wears shorts. Yeah. Shorts. She carried a white patent leather purse in the crook of her arm close to her like it contained the crown jewels or all her family's skeletons. (laughs) Excuse me? Those are in the garage. Yeah, I, I don't think I've told you this story, but oh. one kid on the bus one time said he got kicked in the family jewels. And <laughs> I didn't know what that meant, so I went home and I asked my mom. I was like, Mom, what are the family jewels? And what she said. I just heard my dad laughing in the other room, and I never got an answer, and I, I learned uh, like 20 years later. You guys told me what it was. When? I you, told you what it was? You when I kicked you in the un, jewels? Unprompted just said, the family jewels are genitals. I did. I yell that often. Dexter had encountered the woman only a few times in the years he had been in town, but quickly remembered she was a fussy, disapproving woman. She seemed quite the opposite of her husband. Living. Dexter welcomed them in, offering them seats. Dexter noticed that Don was not quite his old self as he pre- appeared to be dying. He's just having a hell of a time. As he appeared well, it's at a, first. It's a tough book. It's a lawyer's book. Yeah. Law, you know. Also, we need to two handfuls of uh, psychedelic mushrooms before we did the episode. So it's kicking in. And a bunch of boyon cubes. Yeah. His tongue is hanging out of his mouth like a dog. Don was quiet and reserved. Don smiled but avoided eye contact. Uh, I hate to criticize the writing, <laughs> but every <laughs> sentence don't. starts with the character's name. Not Don much, did this. Not a lot of dialogue aside from Jug. Yeah, he's a talker. But I, you know, I don't get to hear your beautiful voices. I will say his descriptions, pretty good. They're top-notch descripts. Yeah. Love to hear a good description. Well, he's writing a law saga. It is. This is very <laughs> clinical. You look well, Don. How are you doing? Well, Mr. Smith, uh, Here we go. Dexter, Hell yeah. 
Uh, well, I guess I'm doing a lot better than we all first thought. I guess my pancreatic cancer <laughs> isn't cancer after all. What is it? Indigestion? It's that huge ham I ate. I ate one whole ham, and the doctor told me I had cancer. But then I passed it. Like a kidney stone. <laughs> Once I popped that sucker out, felt right as rain. That's yeah, right. Don and his wife looked at each other and smiled. I'm both tried <laughs> He's <fam>. pregnant. <laughs> Thought I had cancer. Turns out I'm the first pregnant man. <laughs> but failed to make it a smile of relief that Don wasn't dying. The smiles trailed off. They both looked down at the floor in her right hand and his left, which had been clinched together, suddenly released and fell to their sides. They died. <laughs> well, Don, that's a wrap. That's very good news. I want to open up a chain similar to Subway called That's a Wrap. I think that totally exists. No. Yeah. Well, when they make their sandwich for you, I mean the raps. Do they say <laughs> when they hand it to you? Do they say that's a wrap? They should. That's the whole point of this damn restaurant. Is they say that's a wrap when they hand you the wrap, and if what? you tip like a cold stone, they wrap at you. What if someone is on keto and they want the wrap without the tortilla? Well, I mean, that's just not possible. That's a wrap. It's a wrap only establishment. It's a corporate. It's a, that's a wrap uh, or n- nothing at all. That's a corporate policy. Only wraps. Because when they hand it to you, they say that's a wrap. If you ask for anything else, they're going to shoot you away with a broom. Yeah. What if like the rat you are? You ask them to perform a hip hop song. I just if you tip, they'll rap. They'll they'll rap at you. You're miss. You're, you're, yeah. So it's a rap. When we, when we rap take shop. this to Shark Tank, you're gonna have to be the pretty face and keep the mouth closed. All right. <laughs> you can end up with samples. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> okay. You, good. You can hold the raps. You can model them. Do I say that's a rap? Do you want me to do this? Yes. I that's don't know. what you you can do. That I don't know if I can. Kanisha's the money man, and I'm I, the numbers guy, and I am am the uh, the the personality. Who's the chef? Is it me? We'll we'll, we'll figure that out. It's a wrap, all right? Wait, we could just get the food from Subway and then just wrap it. Because they don't serve wraps. That's right. But I think they do, actually. Do they? Yeah. Jesus Christ, this business plan. But they don't say that's a wrap. This is falling apart. That's the whole thing. Yeah. If you don't say that's a wrap, you got nothing. That's what the people want. That's why they're there. Yeah. They go to places like that, fast casual restaurants, because they like the interactions they have. That's people a, working everyone there. loves those interactions. Like when you're at a Chipotle and they're like, guac is extra. And you say, yeah, I know. Yeah, whatever. That's the, that's the kind of customer interaction I like from a restaurant. So I want them to yell at me and sing at me. And that's it. Some may say that's a wrap. Dexter knew how lame he sounded. But what the hell else was he going to say? The natural thing to say would be something like, well, shit, you stupid bastard. Why the hell did you go and kill off all your in-laws then? That sounds like Hickle Lawyer to me. What the hell do you expect me to do for you now? Nope, you couldn't say that, as reasonable as it would have been under the circumstances. So, what was the mix-up? Well, <laughs> that's what I ask all murderers. So how'd you mix all these people up? What happened? Well, I told you about my stomach problems. Turns out, I have early onset diabetes and some kind of stones in my pancreas. Oh, the infinity stones. Islet cell tumors are what they're called. They can be cancer, but mine aren't. <laughs> mine are hunks of pepperoni. No one likes a braggart. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Jones said the young doctor in Omaha who read my test should have asked for more tests before he made the diagnosis. He never should have called you, Mrs. Birch cut in. So now, Mr. Smith, I have a husband who is very sick, but with a treatable condition and three daughters who have been made widows much too soon. Don's <laughs> eyes shot daggers into his wife when she said this, but he instantly composed himself and looked back down at the floor, nodding his head in agreement. Mr. Smith, my husband tells me that you mentioned another lawyer you would recommend in a case like this. This insulted Dexter a little, that suddenly he may not be good enough to handle the case. But right away he remembered. Me? Hick lawyer? I'm the best hick lawyer in this town. You won't find a hick lawyer better than me. But right away he remembered that he didn't think he was a good enough lawyer for this case. And that he didn't even want this case. That's what a turn of thought. But he did not remember <laughs> suggesting anyone, and his expression showed that. Don Birch quickly grasped Dexter's memory loss. This guy's a great lawyer. I don't like this case. I don't want to be a lawyer. And also, I forgot something I told somebody. This <laughs> is real qualified. And piped in. You remember that day in jail, you talked about how you weren't this guy, and then started talking about Perry Mason. His name was Daryl or something like that. Dexter laughed and then caught himself. <laughs> Darrow. Clarence Darrow. You idiot. I'm pretty sure he doesn't practice anymore. 
The look on Mrs. Birch's face told Dexter that she knew who Clarence Darrow was, even if her husband did not. So she and Dexter quickly brought Don up to speed on famous criminal cases of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Am I supposed to know who Clarence Darrow is? Frankly, Mr. Smith, I know you're a fine public defender, but you have never had a case like my husband's, have you? Besides, we are not indigent. I don't understand how he qualifies for your services. We are not that sounds poor people. I don't want to hear you say indigent again, even though I don't know what it means. Well, you know what? We're at, this was the what, Mark? That was 25? 25, yeah. We're about to hit 50. What do you think so far? Uh, you know, I'm into it. I really wish Dexter would stop doubting himself. Yeah. He is the hick lawyer. He's got yeah. a real confidence problem, but I think he's going to overcome. Mm. There's a key word in his title, and it's the lawyer, and I hope he finds it. That's right. He's focusing too much on the hick right about now. It's time to jump ahead. Lawyer up. Yeah, 50%. Hick lawyer. Yeah. Hey, 50%. Hick lawyer. Here we go. Chapter 10. The special prosecutor for the AG's office prosecuting Mildred Peterson faxed Dexter a copy of the complaint he intended to file first thing Monday morning. It charged her with one count of third degree assault. That was a class one misdemeanor. Ooh, this was very generous considering the facts easily supported felony charges. Murder. A note attached said that the investigator had talked to Mr. Schmidt by telephone already, and Mr. Schmidt did not see any point in making too big a deal of the situation. Dexter put the documents in Mrs. Peterson's file and started a pot of coffee. The Birches would be in soon. He wondered what they wanted. Clients were either a pain in the ass by never contacting you, or they were pains in the ass by constantly contacting you. There is rarely an in-between. I am the in-between client. Yeah. I'm the perfect client. Yeah. I won't contact too much, but I will contact you. He is the mama bear of clients. Just right. Dexter. I'm so proud you see me like that. <laughs> I do. Honestly, among us, I'm going to say Ganesha's baby bear. What? Are you Papa Bear? And I'm, oh, I'm Papa. And I'm Mommy? Yeah. Come to Papa. I'm the baby? In some ways. In some ways not. I will say the dynamics on this show are not necessarily the dynamics that we have in real life. No, not at all. Although the one shockingly similar thing is Ganesh thinks he's the alpha and is not <laughs> <laughs> in both situations. I, I am in real life. Don't even play like I'm not. I mean, if you were selling me a car, sure. Uh, but otherwise. I sold you other things. You want to <laughs> wanna go there? And by there, I mean jail. Ben came out a stronger man. This, yeah. is, this is total baby bear stuff. Yeah. This <laughs> Way too cold. That's right. Ice cold. You're ice cold. You're an ice cold baby bear. And you're a hot papa bear. Mm, and I am a lukewarm, perfect, actually, perfect temperature, a lovely mama bear. Yeah, I agree with that. Wasn't the baby bears just right? No, no, no. Mama bear's right in the middle. Baby bears was too light, too soft. Papa bear, big old uh, fat daddy like me, likes it hard and rough. <laughs> I actually, I'm losing, I'm losing control of what you I'm know, saying. You know, I don't think I'm mama bear. I think I'm uh, just um, Goldilocks, dashing little Goldilocks, <laughs> who is at the mercy of uh, her own curiosity. Yes, that, that actually does describe you. The bears come home at the end. What happens after? They, oh, they, they eat her. They eat her. Yeah, and she's just. Right. Is that right? <laughs> yep, delicious. Can you sure the only person that ever came out of jail in worse shape? <laughs> You ever think that? Everybody else is coming out fucking ripped, tattooed. You're just like a little Pillsbury Doughboy popped out of jail. <laughs> I actually lost weight while I was there and then came out. And the first thing I did was I hightailed it to a Taco Bell. That's <laughs> the first. What, are they feeding you gruel in there? Is that, is that how bad it was? You don't even know what they feed you. What? I don't because I've never been to jail. <laughs> they always give actually, you a point um, of pride. They give me. you a ramen with every meal, though, but they don't give you a bowl or any water. They give so. you a ramen. Oh, like a like, like a top. brick of ramen. I was thinking, and like, it's used as a currency, like made to order. Ramen? I was thinking like a beautiful bowl of like tangatsu ramen. <laughs> <laughs> just, just ex living living in excess again. Another reason why I'd like to go to jail. And you use it as currency. And uh, what were you? How you were there so long? You were trading things. I traded traded got, one for a pack of Skittles. You got. <laughs> You, br you broke into the jail economy that quick? Dude, because the commissary sells like sodas and candy. But got, if you're only there for a short time, you don't get commissary. So all you get is, is the top ramen, which they call <laughs> soups. And each soup is a currency. Well, it's it is a, a soup. This so. just all goes back to the main point is that you went to jail and the first thing you did was trade it for Skittles. <laughs> you're like, yeah, my first day in the pen. <laughs> Who's got the Skittles? 
<laughs> Taste the rainbow. So, man. Are we I'm, reading a book? No. Get, you know, for, I just want to say I'm getting mixed signals here because sometimes we're not allowed to talk about jail. And sometimes we're talking about you participating in the jail. Con- Did you have anything smuggled in for you? Like a shiv? I brought in a book. Oh, no one stopped me. <laughs> they let you? Yeah. What was it? Game, Game of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> Brought in Game of Thrones. I brought it in. Fucking guy reading Game of Thrones and eating Skittles in jail. I was like, I'm not going to read this at any other time of my life. This sounds, if there's one time I'm going to read it, it's here. It sounds like camp. Yeah, the lights don't ever turn off. That's good because I'm afraid of the dark. Yeah, it's probably for the best. They don't turn the lights off in jail ever. Where I was, I mean, Ooh. I'm sure each jail is different. I'm speaking about Piedmont Regional. Uh, shout out to all my listeners out in Piedmont, uh, Virginia. Yeah. To this. <laughs> all my listeners out in the P- Piedmont Regional Jail. Would, in Farmville, Virginia. You ever thought about leaving a Yelp review? One star? I didn't care for it? No, please turn before, the lights off? Before I went in, I checked and they do have a Yelp page and it was a one and a half star. Well, if you got a five stars, <laughs> it's honestly probably too good. You don't want to get I would have probably left it about three stars. I mean, they had TV. <laughs> They had TV. They have, um, they people ca- played cards. They have you know. cable? Yeah. The NBA playoffs are on. That's so better than that. some hotels. This episode is your Johnny Cash playing at Folsom. Yeah, that's right. We need to go do a show there. That'll be our, our moment. I don't think I'm allowed back. Oh, they'll let you back in, buddy. <laughs> you just got to do some things. Of course. Given oh. the seriousness of Don's cases. Right. That's right. It was probably not a bad thing. Both Birches turned down Dexter's offer for coffee, having already had their morning cups. Linda was very anxious to get down to business, wanting to know all the next steps in the case. She also wanted to know if Judge Anderson's death would have any bearing on the case. Wait, Jug? He died? Judge Anderson's death. Yep. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess he did. Can't rattle that jug. No more. No let's, more. Let's have a moment of <laughs> silence for, for the jug. No, ma'am. I wasn't done. Okay. No, ma'am. Not directly, anyways. If anything, it could free me up more in the coming weeks to work on Don's case. We'll only have a visiting judge a couple days a week, so I won't be in court that much. That will be the only effect on Don's case because his case is in the district court. Hmm. You mean cases, don't you? A lot of legalese. You had the cases all divided out, right? So there are three cases now? I thought Hick Lawyer was just going to be in there with like a fucking washboard and Jug. Too soon, buddy. Jug's dead. (laughs) I'm sorry. Pay your respects. Sorry, Jug. Another moment of silence for Jug. I don't think you're using your moment of silence right. What should I be doing? Close your eyes. Okay. Can I open your mouth? Actually, (laughs) actually, there are only two cases. Without a confession, there is no evidence that Scott Miller's death was anything but an accident. So there are just two cases, and Wilbur Peterson will have to show how Don was in two places at once. This confused the Birches, so Dexter walked them through the timelines that showed he was seen at Roy's office at the same time Jeff's neighbor heard gunshots. Jeff's neighbor, huh? Not a very uh, trustworthy witness. Yeah, you hear what Jeff's neighbor said? No, that wouldn't convince me. That's called evidence. Is it? If he testifies. Yeah. Where's his name? Put your name on it. I'm not trying to hear from your neighbor. Well, Dexter's just a hick. He doesn't really uh, keep those details. He wrote it on the back of his hand and it was, he sweated it off. <laughs> well, I think that was Jeff's neighbor. Who's Jeff? I don't know. The Birches both went a little white when they heard this. Dexter was sure this would please them. Maybe this was how they showed it. Dexter was having a hell of a time reading these people. What does this mean, Mr. Smith? Linda Birch wanted to know. Well, probably just means that someone was confused about that time at night. But it could help us create a little reasonable doubt. That's all we need to do. Create doubt about what happened. Does it mean anything to either of you? You both look a little uneasy. Oh, no, 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 no. Linda said as she looked to Don, who was now shrugging it all off. Whatever. I've got my pepperonis in my, uh, what, my ass. ass. (laughs) Nope. Just seemed a little odd. Dex. I'm sorry. You got a fatal case. The pepperoni ass. How's it look, Doc? What do you see? Let's stop there. (laughs) All right. Are they sizzling? (laughs) Could you imagine? Well... (laughs) How about you, Ganesh? You've been in jail. Well, hey, let's jump ahead now to the 75% mark of Hick Lawyer.
into this, uh, what is it, 75% mark of Hick Lawyer. Chapter 15. Nice. I, you know, all these books we read, you get to the 75% mark, it's like chapter 48. I like that this one, why so many chapters? This writer's doing a good job yeah. spacing things out. Also, it's been pretty well written so far. And Fine, fine by me. I'm fine really by me. this book a lot. I thought Hick Lawyer was going to be a lot more slapstick, dipshit kind of, you know. Well, what does that say about you, Austin? I mean, I know my people. At 4.30 that afternoon, Bob Schmidt popped back into the office. Hope I'm not being too pushy here, Dexter. I just have a busy schedule coming up in the next few weeks, so maybe waiting a while if I don't start on this stuff now. I could probably do most of the work on weekends, too, if you don't want us here during the business hours. Well, Bob, things just slowed down considerably for me, so for now. So maybe we better get to it. And the boys do good work for you. Ooh, don't they ever. Oh, sorry. And the boys do good work for you. Oh, don't they ever. They're my trusty boys. I love my boys. Sure, they're fine. My My finest boys. Those boys, they're fine. They do fine work, and they do it quickly. I don't let them do anything of the real carpentry. Nuh-uh, not my boys. That's a man's work. I do all that and have them carrying lumber and sheetrock and cleaning up and painting. Carry my wood, boys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, associates carpentry. They are pretty good painters. They are not just my boys. They are my apprentices. And I'm really sorry about how they acted earlier today with that gal in here. I'm awful sorry about my boys, sir. My- you see, the thing about my boys is... They're rowdy. These and boys can't control themselves. They can be quite rude. They're, my, I, I, I've said it once, and I'll say it again. My boys are a handful. I thought I was going to have to turn the hose on them. <laughs> that almost sounds like something I would have just said. Because, <laughs> because boy, when my boys are dry, I like to get them wet. <sighs> they work harder. Boys will be boys. <laughs> Especially those two boys. This is right. unreal. This is a chapter for me. I could uh, I could talk about the boys all day. You know, um, when I said that this book was really well written, <laughs> I think it's now coming back to prove I was very correct. Yeah, I love boy talk, boy chat. Not nothing better. No, than- no, it's not just chat between boys. It's chat about the boys, boys. talking boys. Another podcast on the original Kings of Content Network, but I'm not going to tell you what it's about. Let's leave it to the imagination. How long you think it would all take? I think I can get it all done the next two days and we come back in on Saturday and pay it all for you. We can get that done half a day or less. Nexter told Gina about Bob's plans and let her know she could be as flexible as she wanted with the rest of the week. You are part-time with the county. As long as you get those hours in, I don't care when you are here. And if they're going to tear the back office up, I will have to sit up here in the, in the front anyway. <laughs> In my front chair while the boys... <laughs> boys are in the back get tearing to, it up. <laughs> while they just boys? get to going. You see that office back there, boys? I want you to tear it up. <laughs> Spare no expense. <laughs> Leave no stone unturned, boys. Demolish it, you, boys. You take, you, you take it down to the foundation, boys. You uh, you shouldn't listen to this podcast anymore. <laughs> With that, they closed the office and headed to the Pawnee Club so Gina could work her shift and Dexter could drink. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> True love. Just go home and watch TV tonight, both of you. I don't know what's wrong with the two of you, but I don't want either of you in here tonight. Sam Hagen was glaring at Pat and Teddy and pointing toward the door. <laughs> the boys are Pat and Teddy. No. Have you met my boy, Teddy? Or how's about my boy, Pat? Together we call them the boys. Gina just shook her head and strapped on her apron. She wasn't interested in hearing about that situation, but was glad she wouldn't have to deal with those two all night. Well, I am just sick and tired of these little boys. Next, her swiveled into a bar stool and watched the two leave. Goodbye, boys! (laughs) What was all that about? Those two, my God. Harley Parker was in here in a mood, but just wanting to drink and be left alone. And those two start in on him. (laughs) Those cussing, those, those cussing boys, those nasty, rude boys. 
I could do this for <laughs> two hours. I could talk about the boys for as long as I needed to. Don't sell yourself short. This is going to be a, like a whole week of <laughs> us just texting each other stuff yeah. about the boys. Well, we do that anyway, but this is just <laughs> adding fuel to the fire. The boy fire. And those two starting on them about a sister and that kid and something that happened at your office today. I almost had to pull him off the two of them. And then he stormed out of here. Man, the other two started in on each other. There's two more boys. <laughs> All over again, just like the last time they all got into it. So I sent them out of here. You get out of here, boys. You get. You see what those other two rung upon themselves? (laughs) Now, you ought not be doing the same. No, sir. Well, that's fine with me. I'm stuck with them for the rest of the week while they help Bob Schmidt in my office. My week with the bad boys. (laughs) And I feel so bad for Harley right now. I'll have a whiskey barkeep and a beer back. Ooh, man. Okay. Um, <clears throat> very good. Are Can, you done? Is that keep it? Keep going. Yeah. Sam poured Dexter his Jack Daniels but I will say, some I, ice. I fear that we're done with the boys. And brought a bottle of Bushlight. The bar was empty now, except for a couple of cowboys. Oh, oh. Lord, talk about a couple of boys. <laughs> Shooting pool in the back. Sam was in a mood himself, and he cut loose. I don't feel one damn bit sorry for Harley Parker or his sister. All I ever do is stand back here and pour drinks for people bitching about baby daddies and baby mamas on their kids who are driving them crazy when they have five kids with three different partners and none of them have ever been married. I wouldn't call them my partner at that point. What's the modern family? Get uh, Wake up and smell the 2010s. Mm. Remember when having babies out of wedlock was a big deal? I remember. Then these girls start getting pregnant, and their relatives would say, she's keeping it. And people would say, well, are they getting married? And mom or grandma or whoever would say no. And then someone would say, well, at least she hasn't had an abortion. At least. Woof. Uh, This just cranked up the hick factor, like. Yeah. 200 notches. The boys left and things hit the fan. I know. I know abortions aren't right. But why does that. They're fine. Get to be the excuse. Fine. Good. To go out and have one kid after another. No one respects marriage anymore, and now you get all these kids running around getting in trouble because they only have one parent at home, and she's working all the time and running around with her boyfriend of the week. This sucks. I mean, not the book, just life. Gina and Dexter had both heard this rant many times. Give it a rest, lady. Change the record. It was just one of those many things that Sam hated about the world. It was compounded by the fact that in his line of work, Sam had to listen to other opinions all night, but was not supposed to offer his own. Let's stop there. Oh. Most bartenders are way too eager to offer their opinion. Yeah. But they're usually not super problematic. Oh, that yeah, exists. True. That only exists outside New York. In New York, bartenders are trained to act like they hate you. No, bartenders will like I've lean had in. Some, I've had some great experiences with bartenders. Really? Yeah. What? I mean, I feel like I'm rarely at a bar where it's not just an emergency level situation all night. Well, that's because you go out in like Midtown and shit. Yeah. Well, you know me. Let's call me uh, the Midtown boy. <laughs> But no, you know, these like tiny little bars. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Shane goes little holes in the wall. So do I. So yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I go out after work, so I'm at all these like little, these bars that are just everybody's miserable, no, including I, the patrons. We used to go, like my office, we used to go out in like Midtown after work and it sucked. The clientele is like all these dudes that are definitely straight out of work because they're all wearing like suits and they're always like, bright red and just yelling and it's like 5 30 that's like oh that's also them on the subway in the morning and at night everybody in a suit is a former bro who is just extremely red and angry about the recent giants loss <laughs> pretty much it's honestly I, I like them those people need to exist to balance out uh me they're the, like the, the human garbage the sam Nun- nunbergs that's right. He is exactly. He's yeah. like the epitome, yeah, of the, the of like the, a guy who was just in a frat in college, and that carried him all the way to like the promised land. He was just like, okay, I guess I'll go into finance, and then and now they're worth ten times as much as me. But they have um, a hilarious public meltdown on like five different TV shows in one day. That's Remember true. that? That right. was impressive. That guy is like the low key MVP of the Trump era. I say no. I think. Carter Page is the weirdest and funniest person. I'd love to know him. He's into some weird shit. I bet Carter Page likes to get peed on. He's the most nervous, like wet man. That's that. It checks out. All right, we jump ahead now to the uh, what is it? The last page. The last page. The last gosh darn page of the Hick lawyer. Well, let's hope the boys did the work. I hope the boys are back in town.
my blast has been drank. And me and Shane just cracked open a couple of Waterloo's. And we are living large. I'm working with lime. I got myself a mango Waterloo seltzer. Last week, I made a big deal about the fact that I would not praise Waterloo seltzer unless they gave us money. And I've changed my mind. I will say it for free. Waterloo it's, seltzer is better than God's water. I, I mean, know, the water on earth. It's, it is. Uh, and I got to say, I think that they are definitely lying on their ingredient thing in the back because it tastes like full flavor soda pop. It's delicious. This thing is chock full of sugar. I can tell because it gets me going. I wish the creeks and the rivers and the ponds of the world were filled with Waterloo. It would be so loud. It, it, would, it would be fun. Could you imagine diving off a diving board into a... A big old mess of Waterloo taking a gulp. There's a level in that Mario game on the Switch, uh-huh. and the whole world is a, it's like an island world, and the water is sparkling water. Hell, fuck, what? <laughs> is that real? Yeah. I think that's something to aspire to. I'm on that level right now. I say we get that. Like, Can we put that in the Green New Deal? Can that be part of it? Place all the water with sparkling water? Well, it's happening. Okay, good. You know those polar ice caps? Uh-huh. Um, Replacing them with... Uh, they're carbonated. Pol- Poland ice caps. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are? Yeah. Good. That'll be fun. Pat and Teddy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Pat and Teddy. Oh, do I hear... What's... Oh, say, what, say that again? Pat and Teddy. Better known as the boys. Pat and Teddy saw Dexter and waved him into the room. Dexter. I'd love for the boys to wave me into a room. Dexter, this is our new sensei. Can I be one of the boys? Bo Brewbaker. Uh, Dexter, this is our new sensei. Bo Brewbreaker. The boys have a sensei? You, they sign up for karate. Any good set of boys has uh, a mentor, a sensei, if you will. <laughs> a leader. Not a father, but more of an older brother. An older boy. To show you the ropes. Bo. Yeah. Bo is the boy. Yes. Bo is the boy that teaches these boys how to boy. Dexter turned to the little man and extended his hand as the little guy snapped to attention. Oh. Put it. <laughs> oh, how little are we talking? Uh, like put him in your pocket size. I'm picturing very tiny bow, but he's a have like a very well regarded sensei, much like Master Splinter. Yeah, Master Splinter, quite small. Bo could bow could actually no, he was big. He was like as big as the turtles. No, he was short. He was short. Oh, he was hunched over. Yeah. If you stretched him out, he's like seven feet tall. Now we can't rule out the idea that Bo might be a rat. Good. They have not said. They have said he's tiny. That's at one point in favor of him being a rat. Yeah, and, and you can use little guy to describe anybody or anything. Yeah, I call Ganesh that all the time. Yeah. But I mean, I'm quite large. Well, Shane is a big boy. He's mama bear. Ganesh, as we mentioned, is baby bear. Little guy. And yourself? Oh, I think you know. I think that just means I'll outlive y'all. You now. probably will. Your insides are just like caked with thick smoke, soot, and like <laughs> peppers. I think you're built like a tank. Dexter Smith, I've just heard all about your ordeal. I sure bet you are glad you had these two with you. Yeah, I sure am. I can't say enough about my two trusted boys. I love them. If it weren't for Teddy here, Will Jorgensen would have blown my brains out. Oh, do do not piss off the Swedes. (laughs) They're an angry people. Yeah, I guess so. I thought it was interesting for Teddy to go for that spinning swing kick in a time like that. Hell yeah. Teddy. Teddy. Teddy with a big boy kick. Yeah, that's right. You know, a kick is really just a foot slap. Oh, when you put it like that, but it really makes you think. It just shows that while he has the heart of a true warrior, he lacks formal training in the arts. I was just telling these guys that going in low with a leg sweep oh, would second. have been a safer way to go. The guys? They've graduated from boys. <gasps> from boys to guys. To my, guys. Favorite, uh, <laughs> my favorite R&B group. <laughs> well, congrats. But um, I'll always think back about the fun times we had with the boys. Me too. When Remember? they ripped that room apart. They tore that office right off its hinges. Sensei Brubaker turned to Bob Anderson. <laughs> Sensei Brubaker. Yes. Uh, ah, wonderful stuff. You gotta if you're writing a free book, you gotta have a sensei in there. Also, why that, not? That is like a hick thing too. I have like just growing up in, you know, southern town. Uh you know, southern, southern town. Southern town US. Uh, <laughs> General South. No, there's like a very high amount of like karate dojos and studios yeah. for like the population. Of just normal people. It is kind of amazing that there's again, usually like four. Not to generalize, but they're not usually the most welcoming of people. To have dojos in every strip mall. The Japanese came over here and fucking planted a seed that these white people ate right up. And then the Chinese people came and sold them kung pao chicken. It's a beautiful uh, melting pot. This these United States. And then the Indians came over with yoga. Yeah, didn't catch a lot of you guys down there. 
I saw a whole bunch of dojos, a whole lot of Panda Expresses, but did not taste non until I was in my 20s. Would you have gone with your leg sweep deputy? No, I still would have used my 38. Hell yeah. Was all Bob had to say in response as he made his way to the door. I just wanted to stop by and make sure you're doing all right. He now stood in front of Dexter with his hand outreached. Before walking out the door of the hospital room, Bob Anderson turned around to give Sensei Bo Brubaker one last dismissive glance before, <laughs> before facing Teddy and Pat. I never thought I'd be saying this, but you three stood four square when it really mattered. Most people wouldn't. I respect you for that. Bob turned and walked away. After a moment of silence, Teddy burst out laughing and Pat said, I bet it damn near killed him to say that. They all laughed in agreement. <laughs> yes. The guys enjoy their polite laughter mm, in yeah. good company. When you grow up and you get older, your laughter becomes a little more sensible, thoughtful. Refined. Yeah. Yes. No knee slaps. Dexter helped no him, knee slaps. Dexter helped himself into a chair to relieve the pain in his back. He sat there listening to the other three talk martial arts. He didn't think too <laughs> I much. I love to kick. Well, I like to punch. Hey, what do you, know you know think, what? Sensei? I, uh, uh, well, you could work on your tumble. He didn't think too much of Sensei Bo, but <laughs> the boys liked him. You're playing with me now. He was going to give them lessons now for free, forgetting about the earlier deal that they could clean his dojo in exchange for the lessons. I'll clean, <laughs> I'll clean your dojo. You know, you got to just keep putting these boys to work. My dojo is dirty as hell. Boys, can you lend me a hand? Need a good Saturday scrub. He figured having two crime fighters like Pat and Teddy taking lessons for him Damn, would be good crime publicity. Fighters? I want to read a book about Pat and Teddy. Fuck the hick lawyer. Just before lunch, Gina walked into the room and handed Teddy and Pat a stack of karate magazines. I thought you two would like these. Read Anything up, boys. <laughs> Here's the latest and greatest. Pull All it. the new moves came out. <laughs> Y'all are going to pull an all-nighter tonight. Yeah, that's right. Study up. The boys will be up late learning. They always are. Both thanked her profusely. Neither could think of anything else they needed offhand. Gina turned to Dexter. Come have lunch with me and my cousin, Michelle. Sure. Who's Michelle? Dexter asked. Well, I think it's her cousin. She's my cousin. <laughs> She's your age. Like I said, my cousin. She's single. And you're having lunch with us today. Mmm. Someone's setting Dexter up. Sounds Is like he's a third wheel. Is she pretty? No. I said she's my cousin, didn't I? <laughs> Not a reaffirming answer. <laughs> Do you look like any of your cousins? I don't look like yeah, any of I them. look quite somewhat. <laughs> a couple of my cousins. Oh, Lord. I look quite a bit like my cousins. I come from a, a stock of Hannah's that are uh, rotund but sturdy. My cousins are a tall brood. Yeah? Yeah. You're tall. All, yeah. But are you are you a pipsqueak compared to them? Yes. Ooh. How tall are we talking? Uh, Over six foot. Well, you're over six foot. Well, over me. So it's like six foot four. Can they yeah. ball? Uh, Your cousins ball? Uh, they dunk much? Uh, Do the burkos ball? Uh, you know, I've, I've been known to ball. Oh. Then ask about you. Ask about your cousins. Can they dunk? Can you dunk? I could. But can We've been over this. You can dunk? We've talked about this on the show? Yeah. Or real life? I dunked. <laughs> <laughs> when? I, I, I do remember this now. He did dunk. <laughs> I dunked. He dunked. What a, oh boy, if I could dunk, I'd brag about it all the time. Well, how modest. I dunked. Yeah, I dunked. Hey, I, I dunked. It did not occur to Dexter that he could argue with Gina. Could you alley-oop? Of course. I was a great passer. <laughs> all right, now you're getting a little braggadocious. Oh, you mean finish an alley-oop? <laughs> I didn't mean start one. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I could alley-oop if LeBron James was on the other end. <laughs> Could you? <laughs> I think I could lob up something that uh, the king could throw down. Okay. Yeah. Right? Well, no, I probably couldn't alley-oop, okay? Probably couldn't do that. All right. But I could dunk. He's humble. Two-handed dunk. A very boring dunk. That's fine. Oh, you can't windmill? All no. right. Get back to me when you can. All those days are long gone. But they were here? They were here. Frank Shane was windmilling? Frankly, he didn't want to, so he got up to leave. He looked at Teddy. Thanks for saving my life. No one's ever taken a bullet from me before. I'm glad I did it. I just wish we could have saved Don. I... <laughs> All <laughs> right. Sorry, Don. <laughs> the pepperonis really uh, took a toll. Yeah. Three months later, Wilbur Peterson took his seat on the county court bench. His first act as county judge was to swear <laughs> Tom McWilliams in as county attorney. I keep expecting you to turn the page and to see the end coming, yet it just keeps going. <laughs> Mildred Peterson had no problems at all adjusting to being a judge's mother. There had not been enough evidence to charge Linda Birch or her daughter criminally with any of the murders. What Don told Dexter was ruled hearsay and not dying, not a dying declaration. 
There was enough evidence to prevent either of them from benefiting from their husband's deaths. Neither would collect life insurance or any other benefits. They sold off all their properties cheaply, quietly, quickly, and left town. Bob Schmidt bought up most of the property, but Ooh. Gina had some money squirreled away and bought two of the dump duplexes. Two of the dumps? Two of the duplexes. Dumpplexes. She paid Bob a commission to manage them for her. They both paid te- Pat and Teddy to mow and help Bob with their routine maintenance. Pat and Teddy are fucking racking in the work. <laughs> they <laughs> are running the town. I mean, they the, have like four or five jobs at this point. I mean, the boys are wont to do. They are uh, entrepreneurial. Yeah. They have a little lemonade stand. How do they find time they were for little, like karate? They wear little beanies with propellers on top. <laughs> I feel like they, they are just wearing overalls and nothing else. They're wearing overalls with shorts, like short overalls. Yeah. And they're red. And they run as fast as they can to well, go anywhere. How else are they going to kick if they're not wearing shorts? And their shoes light up. These are some tough boys. These are these are boys you don't want to tussle with. You got to respect. You got to eat a little bit. We got to let's you know. I, I hate to say it, but let's hear it for the boys. Hey, you know it's not Wall Street, but down on Main Street, these boys are running the show. Yeah, you watch out for those boys. Things had turned in a big way for Dexter Smith. He started realizing more and more that Tom McWilliams was right. No lawyer knows everything. They figure it out as they go along. Dexter was figuring it out. Still, his biggest case, the Don Birch case, never even went to trial, and that bothered Dexter. He still got that feeling once in a while feeling that all he would ever be is some backwards hick lawyer who doesn't know shit from apple butter <laughs> oh, that's like, <laughs> that is what i was expecting that's that kind of good stuff. stuff is that the end oh my the end ah uh, well you know shout out to apple butter have I you guys it. had it of course it's delicious very good from the mountains you know oh. just some fresh creamy apple butter wow churned by a local <laughs> All right. I think you should bring some in next time to well, share. Well, you know, it's very far away now. Oh, okay. Hey, you want to cast this as a movie? That was a good book, right? I enjoyed it. That was fun. Oh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Like the Hick Lawyer. Thanks, uh, Corey Burns. Corey. <laughs> Forgot that name slipped out of my mind as soon as I said it. I'm glad you said it again. Corey so. Burns, you did a great job. So let's cast it. Who plays Hick Lawyer? Timothy Oliphant. I guess I could see it. Definitely thought you were going to say Chalamet and I was going to punch you in the head. No, because we're <laughs> saving that. Oh, no. Timothy Chalamet belongs nowhere near Hick anything. <laughs> that guy is the most cosmopolitan of young men. There are Hick Frenchmen out there. Are there not? What? Um, I mean, I guess in the bayou. Like, I mean, like, no, I'm saying <laughs> France has their equivalent of the Hick. Yeah, the Cajun bayou. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's not it's, it's not it's in exists. It's in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, or as I, they call it Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Or as they really call it Nolens. Or New Orleans. I think it's New Orleans. Uh no, no, I'm not familiar with that. Nolens. Nolens. Going down to Tony Nolens. Is that Jeremy? Uh-huh. Who plays Jeremy? Um. Oh, what's his name? Uh, James Vanderbeek. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, well, I love a little beak. Uh, who else we got? Uh, Jug, Judge uh, Anderson. Jug. Oh, the big Jug. Uh, played by Louis Anderson. I like that. that. I would love to see him peering over his glasses oh, at yeah. the courtroom. That would be great. Yeah, uh, Louis Anderson should play actually all the roles. All right. But well, what about the two Dons? Oh, Don and Don. Don Knotts. You know, I was envisioning in my head. Mm-hmm. And his wife, I would have to say, is Mary Tyler Moore. All right. Both dead. as. And they both read Super Southern, so this, and Hickey. Well, Don Knotts does. Mary Tyler Moore, I peg it. She could do it. She she could do it. She's got range. She could do anything. Except for draw another breath. She's dead. Now, who plays the boys? Is that the big question? Yes, Pat and Teddy. Pat and Teddy. I'm thinking, well, Mario Lopez, for one. Okay. He strikes me as a boy. No? Well, he doesn't age. Are we thinking, I mean, how young are the boys? Well, we could have Mario Lopez and then we could have AC Slater. Mario Lopez could also be Sensei. I like that. Okay. okay. Now, who are the boys? Fine. Okay. Back to the drawing let's, board on the let's boys. Let's get some real uh, twins. Kyle real Mooney. Brothers. Oh, that's okay. Kyle Mooney and who else? We're going to say Beck Bennett because they play those boys on SNL. He was. No. I see the look of shame in his eyes. He's like, wouldn't it be funny also if you squirt him with a hose? The boys are played by. <laughs> they do uh, get hosed down. They do. The boys are played by the Sprouse brothers. Cole and um, Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. That's Jughead. Right. They could be Jug. It, it's all coming together here. Um, Who are twins? Who are some famous twins? Famous twin boys? Oh, how about how about we get some Hemsworths in there? Uh, how about the real life Winklevoss twins? <laughs> Get them in there. They need some work. They're very rich. They're super rich. Um, they need the opposite of work. They need to be guillotined. Oh, so yep. I think is that all the characters? Great. Hey, is that the end of the episode? 
Do we finish it? What are we clocking in at here? We got a letter. Yeah, we got a letter. All right. Uh, it was uh, originally in another language, and we've, uh, through the magic of Google, we've translated it. Ganesh, could you read us this letter? It was originally written in Romanian. My darling, how are you? I'm David, and I'm an American doctor here in the Middle East, working directly with the U.S. Department of Health in the United Nations. I am divorced and looking for a relationship. I found your email online here while looking for friends, and this is a very lonely place. I believe in love, and I love and faith can be found even in a strange place. I feel like I want to cut this off and say, return to sender. (laughs) (laughs) Not a welcome letter. Um, No, I was going to say, I think he contacted the right friends. Would it interest you to know that he attached a headshot to it? Uh, mm, I see it. No. And he is a three at best. Well, he's a doctor, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's got money. And skills. I'll think about it. The Are subject, the subject is my darling. I know. Clearly addressed to us. Yeah. Okay, great. That was great. That was a great episode. Congratulations, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to it. And I think we learned an important lesson. Just look out for the Hick lawyers out there. Yeah. They need some they're confidence do- They're doing good work. And remember to have your boys with you. You never know when they might need to do some karate. That's true. You 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 can always count on the boys. So hey, thanks, Chris Linguist, for our artwork. Morris Reese for our beautiful music. Our boys. Is, those are the boys. And sneak preview. We're having a special guest next week, so tune in. In the meantime, you can find us at bookclubpodcast.com, AMZN Book Club on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can give us a call. Oh, yeah, like our friend earlier uh, talking about uh, the hot takes that were extremely cold. You can give us a call at, uh, was it? 567. Okay, we should not say it at once. You go. 567-309-0357. Give it a call. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the air. Mercilessly ridicule you. Make you wish you were never born. That's it. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh.